Hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to the Doing It Best with the Rest podcast. I am so excited for my guest today. She is the go-to authority for those who suffered heartbreak and those who are ready to live unapologetically you. She's an intimacy expert, best-selling author, and has appeared on numerous outlets such as People, Forbes, and Fox, just to name a few, and is also the host of the podcast Intimate Conversations with intimacy expert Alana Pratt. Please welcome Alana Pratt, everybody. Studio audience, clap, clap. (laughs) How are you? Uh, you have such delicious energy. I'm Thank so you. grateful. I've probably done over a thousand interviews and some are more challenging than others, but some I just hit it off immediately with the, the host. So thank you for your vivaciousness and for, for being you and having me. Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you. I was like, literally, I was kicking this off and then my mind just like, what? <laughs> what do I say? <laughs> no. So my listeners obviously they know i love talking about relationships everything intimacy sex in between everything but before anything walk us through how did you get into the world of oh i mean obviously oral dating but doing like the advice and becoming an intimacy expert and just all the whole nine yards am i allowed to swear on your show yes go for it okay well it was because i was fucked up that's how it started (laughs) i was a hot mess and i needed help So the real way I started was asking for help and going to all these different courses and workshops. And and then people started to tell me things that they'd never told anyone else, sometimes things they'd never even told themselves. I had this capacity to create safety and depth and non-judgment. And people in these workshops said, hey, you know, you should coach. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, but that just kept happening. So one day I just decided to put my shingle up. I've I've always been a student. I'm still a student. I still go to workshops. I still learn all the time. Um, but it's been about 20 years where I have created this safe space to go, you know what? The most fundamental building block of our self-realization, the most fundamental relationship we could ever have is our intimate relationship with ourself. Do we even talk to ourselves? Are we kind to ourselves? Are we critical assholes? Can we listen without fixing to ourselves? Because if we can't do that with ourselves, we're not home in our skin. We don't have self-love. And then we can't give that which we are not. So how can we give appreciation if we don't appreciate all of ourselves? How can we give our undivided attention to somebody and not fix them if we can't do that for ourselves, if we if we haven't fallen madly in love with our wobbly self and our triumphant self, how could we truly unconditionally love a partner? So it all comes down to our intimacy with ourself. Oh my gosh, you're literally speaking my language. <laughs> I mean, I have, I literally have a pep talks with myself sometimes. I'll be like, Bo, you're doing this, you're doing this, da 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 da. I have to have those, otherwise I can't get through the day. I don't know why. Yeah. No, 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 because you're normal. That's called normal, healthy <laughs> and normal, Bo. Um, but I didn't even know I had an inside. I was spinning so fast on the outside, just trying to stay safe, look good, do it right, be loved, that I never slowed down to listen to little Alana, who was like, hey, I'm terrified. Hey, I don't like him. Hey, I don't want to work with that company. But I wouldn't listen to my fear, my shame, my humiliation, because I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to fix it. Yeah. And so once I realized I had an inside, I went inside and I'm like, okay, well, we got to fix you. You're bad and wrong. And this is wrong. And you got to change. And my little Alana, she's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm already ashamed. And now you're telling me I'm wrong as well as being ashamed and humiliated. 
So it took a long time. I'll be honest years. I've been at this for 20, 20 years now, but one day I went in, I'll tell you the story of why later, but I went into little Alana in the back corner of my heart and I sat down with her and I threw away the key to the door. I said, I'm willing to sit with you and just listen and love you. Even if you never change for eternity and love you. And that's unconditional love, right? It does give you chills because it's real. Yeah. It's real. And that's what it takes. A willingness to just be with ourselves, even if we never change. And then little Alana said, really? Even if I never change, you'll still love me? I go, yeah, I don't know how yet, but I'm going to learn. And I won't give up until I succeed. And then as soon as I succeeded by able to be there with myself and not push myself away and not push my feelings away and not try to fix or change or improve me, then she's like, wow, you really do love me. She goes, well, I don't really like being ashamed all the time or scared all the time or mad all the time or sad all the time. Let's figure out a way to improve. But my little you didn't do that until I was first willing to surrender. Good. I love that. It's, it's, it's our inner child. Like we sometimes, oh God, how do I even say this? Like we like look back and just like what you were saying about little Alana and just stuff like that. I just love that so much. I do truly. Yeah. We don't yeah. want to hit little bow with two by fours. Yeah. <laughs> it's not right. so effective. <laughs> exactly. No. Um, so I want to start with the basics. What can you say? Because I'm I'm reading the list of questions, so I keep like looking off on my phone. Um, <laughs> oh, that's okay. Of how do I know for the person listening? How do I know I'm ready to join? What's the sign that I'm ready to join a relationship and accept the person into my life? Mm. Oh, it's a very difficult question. You ask very difficult questions. <laughs> um, I think we're always ready, mm-hmm. and I think we're never ready. Like on the one hand, we're always ready for growth. We're always ready for love. We're always ready to um, evolve. Like there's a part of us, if we choose relationship, we're always ready to go for it, right? If that's our dream, if that's our truth. If that's what our wisdom is telling us, we're always ready. On the other hand, we're never ready because are we perfect? No. Are we ever going to be perfect? No. Are we going to fuck it up? Yep. Are we going to step on their toes? Yep. Are they going to step on ours? Yep. So there's going to be work to do. It's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be work to do. And if you have a pattern, uh, um, as I had for many decades, um, of attracting abusive men, and I would just attract another abusive man, and then a worse abusive man, because what you resist persists. And if you don't heal your wounds, it's maybe time to go, you know what? If I keep attracting cheaters or emotionally unavailable people or abusive people, and the only one in common is me, maybe I ought to look at that. Maybe not for 10 years, but let's look at it for a good year. Let's get into a really solid coaching program and go, okay, whatever it is that's been creating that pattern, this pattern ends now. I call it become the one to find the one which keeps the one, right? Instead of seeking them to make you feel good enough and fulfilled and finally I'm enough, we want to know that I'm the one I've been seeking all along. It's actually little you we've been seeking all along. And when we come into alignment on the inside, that if you could say, when is the best time to get into a relationship? It's once you've come home to yourself and you have a solid relationship with yourself, but never wait till you're perfect because that's not even possible and know that relationships are not going to be a walk in the park. Hopefully they will half the time at least, <laughs> a, little more than half, a little more than half the time, but you're not wrong. You're not bad. 
There's nothing wrong if you're experiencing conflict. You need to learn how to resolve that within yourself so that you can resolve that with your partner. Right. And I mean, you were saying like, sometimes we are attracted to the bad ones. And then we, on the other hand, we might have somebody who's willing to to love us to death, but like, we want the bad, not the good. That's I don't know if it's like a, a trauma thing or something like that, but a lot of that, it's very common is what I've seen before. Oh, you're talking to someone who does that. Or did <laughs> I, that. I do too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm going to say did, definitely did. Cause I've been in probably the most intense trauma therapy of my, I'm 52. Um, and I've been doing this work for 20 so years. So gorgeous and thriving. So I just oh, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Um, no, I've I've literally my last my last boyfriend a year ago was arrested and thrown in jail for criminal assault. Uh it was ugly and I was so ashamed though because here I am this intimacy expert, this relationship expert. I have all the skills, I have all the capacities, I have all the communication tools. I've got um you know this high level of consciousness, but what I hadn't yet resolved was that being attracted to the bad boy. And I got literally my ass kicked. Um, and so I said, okay, hell, this is stopping now. And I've done some re the deepest work I've ever done. So grateful, so grateful for the catalyst that he was to show me my wounds. I'm the one that chose him, my wounds, total, total ownership here, total responsibility. And so we want to, if we notice a pattern where we're attracting people that are unkind, hurt us with their words or their body, um, when they're unkind to us, then call us crazy. You're overreacting. You're so sensitive when they're actually being a fuckhead, right? Like we want to go, okay, I got to do this work because for me, it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. It was my first physically abusive relationship. I'd had verbally abusive men before, but it was my first physically abusive relationship. This shit gets worse over time, people, if we don't heal it. And even someone as credible and professional and creates amazing results as me, I'm human too. Yeah, and so we all need to do this deep work. Yeah, we all have, despite what we put on, we still have our internal things we work on. And that's I love yeah. what you just shared. It's just very like being open and honest. It's very beautiful. And thank you for that. Hmm. Thank you. Um, I guess I can transition to my next question would be um, for people that are so used to being alone, my, alone like myself. I've been mm -hmm. alone. I had my first ever, to be open and transparent with you right now, I had my first ever relationship. It lasted for about seven months, but then it was very verbally abusive. So okay. I finally got done turning the other cheek. And so like fast forward to that ended in March, we're in what, December now. I'm, I'm so used to like the thought of having somebody new by my side. It's yeah. like, it's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word for it. Taboo. I don't know what to think to call it right now, but what can they do to get past that? If that makes any sense. Yeah. Tell me more about the taboo or how it feels. So you, you desire a relationship, but the idea, when you think about your partners by your side, yeah, look over at your partner, they hold your hand, whatever that kind of just everyday thing is, it makes you feel wrong taboo tell or me like more? it feels unusual like i'm just so oh, used to like unusual. being by myself like yeah it's gonna be like adjusting to somebody new by my side somebody that i, I it's it's so different i'm just like I, my issue yeah. i'm afraid even though i'm 23 gonna be 24 in february but my issue, mother. <laughs> <laughs> i just i feel like my issues i'm gonna be i'm gonna just be miserable and not want to just get back even though i am out there i'm on the dating apps which are terrible by the way um <laughs> i just feel like i'm gonna be miserable we'll talk about that in a second but yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just feel like i'm gonna be miserable so like what can people do to get past that 
So what is it about having somebody by your side that's uncomfortable or awkward or makes you feel weird? What is the thing that comes up? I just feel like I have a lot of issues myself and like have a lot of things I like to do. And I just feel like they won't keep up with me. And it's just stuff like that. And just, I'm so, oh my gosh, I'm gonna start crying right now. Um, <laughs> Let's, cry. Let's cry. I love it. I love you already. You're amazing. Oh, I love you. No, um, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to get to adjust to that and just find somebody new. Cause like my first ever relationship, which I feel like aged me 30 plus years, even though I'm <laughs> mentally, cause I just like <laughs> so many gray hairs. But I don't know. It's just hard. I'm trying to get to the nitty gritty with you right now. But just, I'm trying to think. It's just like my mind is just fog at this point. <laughs> That's okay. Well, we'll we'll keep we'll um we'll keep cracking it open. We'll keep yes. prying it apart. <laughs> One thing that I'm getting intuitively is that you seem. Tell me if I'm wrong. When you get into a relationship, you might sort of lose yourself or make it all about the relationship or forget that you get to have your time, me time, my my things. Like it's not. Um, sometimes, sometimes that happens when we get into a relationship and we don't want to offend them. We don't want them to reject us. We don't want them to think we're weird. So we start to go, oh, sure. I like running when we really hate running. We much prefer yoga. Um, or sure. I, I love sushi when not really, we like Mexican or, or I really like that sexual position or, or I'd really like to go out every night when, you know what? We don't like to go out every night. We just like to go out once or twice a week. Like our truth we start to give away our truth and then we feel depleted and then we get cranky or resentful or insecure. And then we like one day look in the mirror and we're like, where did I go? Is it like that at all for you? Yes. No, for sure. One thousand percent. My first, my first ever relationship, he was an ex-military um, and he was just very like, he, it was hard to crack his shell open sometimes. Sure. Well, and I would, some of our arguments would stem from that. I'm like, I'm trying to, I want you to trust me and open up. But then I had a moment internally when we were together. I'm like, you know what? He has to open up on his own. I can't force him to be vulnerable, even though in my head, I'm like, I want him to feel like he can trust me with whatever he tells me. But at the same time, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, I get it. I so get it. Okay. This is really, really good. Often um, what the military has done to make them effective is to not feel. And so many people that have been in the military um, have lost that connection. So that makes a lot of sense. And it's not our job. Um, there's a lot of wonderful resources out there to help them reenter after being in the field so that they can feel again. Um, and that's a very brave journey for them to do. So I'm just saying that to give not condoning, but just allowance right. for him situation and also allowance for your situation that you did your best to invite heart connection and feeling with someone who probably wasn't very good at that in the first place. Um, so just to be soft, soft and gentle with yourself there, Bo. Um, this is kind of an interesting segue. Communication is the relationship. If communication dies, the relationship dies, right? right. If we can't connect with ourselves i.e. feel our feelings and talk to little you, then we can't connect to another. And they get scared. It makes us uncomfortable. We leave. We hide. We change the subject. But if we can be with our own fears and discomforts inside ourselves, then when our partner is like that, we can be present. We might not like it. 
but we don't have to fix them, change them. We don't have to run away or hide. We can just listen and we can say things like, wow, tell me more. And we can become that safe space for them. Um, uh, uh, something to do to learn how to talk with somebody um, is called a diet. A dyad. Basically, it's a two-way communication. And one person says, hmm, tell me something. Let's practice, Bo. I'm okay. going to practice. Go. Here we go. Okay. Okay. So, Bo, tell me something you like about me. Oh, you're amazing. You have a beautiful soul. And then I would say, thank you. That's my only thing I'm allowed to say is thank you. Even if I agree or disagree, I'm just going to say thank you. Okay, now you ask me. What do you like about me? Something I like about you is your vivaciousness and vitality of such great energy. Thank you. Cool. So um, in my program called Heartmates, we once a week, we practice this live. If you're single, you come on and you meet new friends and you pra- practice with new friends and allies. If you're in a couple, you sign up as a couple and you practice as a couple. Um, so we do that for five minutes. Uh, the first question, we change the questions every single week. Um, they're very deep, beautiful questions. So these are, we're starting with simple ones for fun. So the next question is, tell me something you think we align on. Mm, uh, relationships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And then you ask me. Um. What do you think we align on? I think we align on desiring thriving relationships. Yes. <laughs> say, thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Now, this is what's cool about this, Bo, is when you're in a relationship and you're having these hard conversations, most people don't just say thank you. They argue, they make you wrong, they justify, they give you reasons, they might walk away or ghost you or whatever. This is a structure where you have to sit in the fire, you have to burn, you have to be together in that uncomfortable conversation. And But it's safe because the person's only going to say thank you. You can't do it wrong. They're going to be grateful for your communication. They might not agree with you, but they will be grateful for your communication and say, thank you. Okay. So here's the next question. And this is something you would do for like 30 minutes when you're on a date um, or getting to know somebody. So tell me something you're afraid to tell me. I'm scared to get my heart broken again. Mm, Thank you. I just want to give you a hug right now. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And so notice I didn't fix you. I didn't go, oh, poor Bo is broken. He's a loser and a victim. No, 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 no. No, I I honor you as a sovereign conscious being. And you told me your truth and I received it into my heart. And I said, thank you. Right? Yeah. Feels yeah. good. Feels I good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now you ask me. What is something you're afraid to tell me? Mm. I was afraid to tell you about my ex relationship because I'm an expert and I often think I should have all my ducks in a row and have all my shit together. And so it's really brave for me to share my underbelly. And yet I feel it's a blessing because there's a lot of people that have their lives together and still they have these relationships that are destructive and I want to be a safe place for them to come and heal and no longer have that pattern. Thank you. Yeah. So that was just a, that was a mini, that was a little quickie, but can you imagine what it would be like once a week coming together with a community, if you were single or coming together in a couple and having this structure, what do you think would be possible? 
so many things, I think, but it's just so beautiful that this connection to make and just listen and say, just thank you and not argue. And because a lot of times people come up with rebuttals and oh, da, 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 like you were just saying just a while ago. And so I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. What people discover, um, what I've learned, because I've been studying for 20 years, right? Communication is a two-step process. There's the speaker, but if it's not received without judgment, communication did not happen. It stays spinning in our head. And often we have all these things that we want to be heard and we want to be understood and we want to be seen and we want to be acknowledged and we want to belong and we want to matter. But people, as you just said, they have a rebuttal. And so that stays spinning in our head. And what you'll discover after doing these, these are called dyads in our Heartmates program. When you've been doing these for a couple of months, all of the content in the mind that's never been received by mom, dad, society, the ex, all the rest of it has been received by your new friend and ally. And all of a sudden it's quiet in the mind. It's quiet. And then what gets to arise is literally your heart's truth. When I talk to the participants, I'm like, what's your favorite part about doing the dyads? I thought it was going to be nobody interrupted, or I finally got to speak my truth. That's not what they said. They said, I actually learned who I was in communicating with somebody who's listening, like really listening. We actually discover who we are, what our values are, what our priorities are. And then we can make actions in the world aligned with our truth. And that I call, you've become the one, you know who you are. You're not looking for approval anymore. You're not seeking, you know, am I good enough anymore? You're, you're good. And that is a high vibration, very sexy, very attractive, very confident to find a like partner to attract the one. Yeah. It's, it's so like to say it out loud to somebody it's such yeah. like a vulnerable state and just, you're just out there and like, wow, did I just say that? I did just say that. It's crazy. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I can transition to my next question that I have for you. Somebody mm-hmm. who's struggling to let their guard down. What is, I guess, one tool somebody can use to help break that wall, let people in and to potentially having a partner in their life? Yeah. It goes back to what you just vulnerably, which is another word for brave, if you ask me, um, shared with me that you're afraid to get hurt again. Same, same, same. I'm sure every uh, listener feels the same way. We're all afraid to get hurt again. So how do we let another person in if we're afraid to get hurt? Not, not gonna, not gonna go well, right? Yeah. (laughs) So there, like we said at the beginning, there is a little you inside of your soul, inside of your heart, inside of your being who needs to know that even if they reject us, I won't reject you. Even if they don't think we're cool enough, sexy enough, whatever enough, I think you're enough. I think you're amazing. So that is how we let our wall down is that we have, oh, we not, we might not prefer what ends up happening, but it's not going to take us down because we have our own back. But if we are simultaneously hitting little you with two by fours and we have not apologized for doing that or reconnected with them saying, I'll have your back. And then they reject us. Where is the tequila? I mean, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just too hard to keep going. Right. Yeah. I mean, like for instance, I'm talking to somebody right now, but at this point I'm I'm not feeling like I'm, well, I might be being rejected. I don't know, but their communication styles is not as, as 
up to my standards, in my opinion. But I mean, I have to realize that they do work 12 hour days and they are going to school. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, maybe you can like sneak in a quick text or two throughout your day. But if I don't hear from you from eight plus hours, I'm just like, mm, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> maybe it's a little too, be a little dramatic, but I just, it's, I don't know. I just not feeling it. If that makes any sense. Well, no, it does. And have you communicated with them what works for you regarding texting? Have um, you set them up to win? I've been trying to. I've been trying to. I, so for me, I love a phone call. I love to hear somebody's voice and talk to them. And um, I've been trying to talk to. I haven't. We we've called once, but I've been trying to call call him more often. But he doesn't do it. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm just like, it's like talking to a brick wall. And so I got a text this morning from him saying, good morning. Sorry, I fell asleep. Da, 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 da. I haven't responded. And I was at 830 this morning. I'm just like, I don't have time for this. I have stuff to do. I have a podcast to run. I have errands. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Well, what I would say is if we don't set people up to win with what we desire or require, mm-hmm. then they don't do it. And then we get pissed off. Right. Right. But um, if we set them up. And we say, you know, what would make me really happy is what works for me is um, what would delight me is what would make me really happy is. And then you'd say, if we could talk um, every other night, um, would that work for you? What works for me is if we text each other once a day, um, checking in, like if you don't set them up to, to know how to win with you, you're kind of setting them up to fail. Right. But then if you set them up to win and they still don't, align, then yeah, maybe they're not in alignment for you. And then you can just bless them and release them and say, thank you for meeting you on this relationship journey. I wish, <laughs> I wish you all the best. Right. right? No. You, don't, you don't have to get pissy. Yeah. Uh, which lowers our vibration. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I've learned. I, there's a lot other, I guess the, the quote, there's so many fish in the sea. And so I've just learned like, if this one doesn't work out, I have the saying that I like to say to people, another one bites at us. I'll fi- there's so many other ones out there that could potentially work out. And I just, after this last relationship with, I'm not going to say his name out of privacy, but um, I just, I don't want to settle for less. And so I'm being very picky of who I want next in my life. It's almost like the mm-hmm. bachelor. I'm like, let me hand out the next rose to the right one. <laughs> Well, I like your willingness to to value yourself and honor yourself and make sure somebody meets you um, and is aligned with you. That's important. And the other half of that is we want to be sure that we set people up with clear expectations, clear agreements, clear communications of what it is we're really looking for so that we don't waste our time or their time. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So I, I, yeah. so I want to transition. Let's okay. See. So. Tell me, what is the guide to being sexy? Give it to us. Tell us. <laughs> oh my God. I wrote a whole book about that. How to yes. be and stay sexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I have six books. So to me, sexy is an inside job. And sexy is when you are having pleasure being inside your body, just being alive. It is not just genital copulation. It is not just an orgasm. It is like... If you could imagine looking at a sunset bow 
just cognitively analyzing a sunset. There's a sunset. There it is. There's a nice sunset, right? But then you could let the sunset move you, touch yeah. you, penetrate you, you know, into you, elicit emotions in you. you. Like you let it come alive in you. You let it turn you on. Yeah. You let the sunset turn you on. So to me, sexy is allowing life to turn us on all day long, all day long. So your um whatever you're drinking just instead of just sipping it and guzzling it down like oh that's just so yummy or the clothes against your body or the sunset as we just mentioned or this amazing conversation like you let life penetrate you you let life really enliven and turn you on that's sexy to me that shows somebody who's willing to have pleasure willing to feel their feelings willing to open willing to receive because yeah. that is great sex is the receiving of pleasure, right? It's yeah. the receiving of their gaze. It's the receiving of their touch. It's not just genital body parts, you know, like connecting. That's just genital copulation. That's not to me truly making love and true sexuality. So we don't wait till the bedroom to practice being sexy. We be sexy by letting life turn us on oh, and being willing that. to be verbal about it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And then speaking of sex, um, so I have to, this is usually like the cliche question, I guess to say, I don't know, I could be wrong, but is it a bad thing that people have sex on the first date or should there be a rule like maybe the third or fourth, or if the connection is just there, the connection's there. Like what, what is your opinion on that? I don't, I don't have um, rules. I don't think there's good. I don't think there's bad. I think there's whatever's true for you in the moment that's an integrity with you in the moment. Um, so I don't, I don't like to judge, judge people because yeah, if it's on, oh my God, it's so hot, right? There's only, there's only like, remember how, I don't know if I've done this with you. Like there's half of life is challenge. Half of life is support. Half of life is pain. Half of life is pleasure. We get in trouble when we clamor for all the pleasure and resist all the pain. Right. But right. we're really powerful when we're present with all of life. So half of um, is this just video or audio? Are people seeing my hands right now? Um, well, I might use a bit of the audio. I mean, the video. So depending. Okay, awesome. So this could be when I do the hand demonstration. <laughs> so those of you that are listening, I'm making like uh, what am I making? Like a like a triangle, half of life. Okay, I'm making a triangle with my hands. So if you had sex on the first date, what's good about that? What's right about that? What works about that? Is it was hot, right? It was it was super fun. It was free. It was alive. It was nourishing. It was whatever it was. Or maybe it wasn't, you know, could have really sucked, but, but um, <laughs> right. But at least you, you went for it. You went for it. You were brave. You went for it. Um, hopefully you talked about using, you know, protection and oh, you had yes. all the conversations. So we have all that kind of stuff. So as long as that's all there, I don't see anything wrong with enjoying the pleasure of being alive in your body. None whatsoever. Now, the other half of this, as I'm moving my hands over to the other half, sometimes having sex with somebody on the first date, they no longer... Um, value you as much. They they might say, oh, well, that was easy. I'll just go find someone else. They might be someone that's only into the chase. They're not someone who's actually into a longer term relationship. No, not that everybody needs to be in a long-term relationship. But if you are desiring that, you might want to consider, I want to be sure, I really like this one. I really want to be sure they're into me for more than just my body, that they're into me for my body, mind, and spirit. Yeah. which one, two, three, three dates is a really good amount of time to go, huh, do we have aligned values? Do they acknowledge, see, validate, cherish 
what I'm about on the planet. Um, are they intelligent enough that I'd want to spend time with them? Are we on the same wavelength? Can they actually communicate? All the while building the sexual energy to then say, oh, it's so okay, we've checked that box, spirit. We've checked that box, mind. Okay, now let's see if we can check that box, you know, body right. and and still have that that sex. So it really comes down to your truth of where you are in your life, where you are in your dating and what it is you desire. Um, when it comes to having sex on the first date or not. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'll be honest. Sometimes like I'll have moments on, on a day. I'm just like, I want to have my Mr. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where they have the Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, where they have yeah, the whole, yeah. after the whole fight they have, and they start yeah. just ripping their clothes off. I'm like, yeah. am I about to have my Mr. and Mrs. Smith moment right now? I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> no, but it's like, a, I know, I, I get what you're saying. It's like a self-respect thing. And I, sometimes I don't even kiss on the first, like for the simple thing, like a kiss. Like, I don't even do that on the first day. I wait till like the second or third. And sometimes mm. I'll have them be like, oh, can I kiss you on the first day? I'm like, oh. See what happens next. Let's let's let's, let's keep in contact. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I no. often just turn my cheek. I'm like, yes, you can kiss my cheek. <laughs> right. I'm supposed to start doing that. <laughs> no, and so I guess for the next question that I have for you, and it just touches a little bit about. I think we might have already spoken about this, but um, for abandonment issues, and mm. for people that aren't in healthy relationships but just stick with it. Do you feel like it stems from like an early life or it's like a mental thing to where like, I'm just going to be alone, but I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to put up with the issues, the belittlement, the abuse or whatever they're going through. What, what's about that? What do you think about that? Yeah. I would never say put up with belittlement ever, 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 ever. Um, Abandonment issues are curious I'm not um, a therapist. I've been doing this for 20 years as a coach. So I don't have all the, and I'm not a scientist, but I do know that abandonment is very deeply rooted in our subconscious in terms of the survival mechanisms that we've created to survive being abandoned and to attempt not to get abandoned again, or to make wrong those who did abandon us. Like there's a lot of layers in there that anyone who has those issues, I would look to coming into like a coaching program or therapy or something like that, because they don't get better over time. They get worse. Um, and if you have a fear of being abandoned, we we do various things. You either clamor to somebody and you get controlling so that they don't ever leave, or you create this huge wall of like, I, I got this, I don't need anybody. Um, and you just sort of have surface relationships, neither of which are fulfilling, neither of which are fulfilling. And so the main one, as we've said from the beginning of this interview, we want to be sure you haven't abandoned little you. That's the first place to go is go, yeah, that sucked being abandoned as a kid. We can't change the past, but we can reparent ourselves now. We can get help in healing these wounds so that we can have a secure sense of self and attract a secure partnership. Right. And to, to like I said earlier, being open and honest, like I was so scared to be abandoned by my first relationship. So yes. I was always constantly trying to put out and stuff like that and obviously that didn't work yeah. uh, long story short I got abandoned on an island all by myself mm. we're not get too into nitty-gritty but I just I got I was just so scared of being abandoned and so I was just I was willing to just turn the other cheek and not mind what's happening and just yeah. keep on going about my day and just pleasing them but mm. then I just finally had to realize you know what Bo 
you can't keep doing this to yourself. You've got to realize who you are, your worth. And if this reaches a crossroads, it reaches a crossroads. It is what it is. You just can't keep putting up with that because you're hurting. Like I tell people, you're going to stress. It affects your health a lot. And I couldn't oh, keep doing yes. that to myself. And I just yeah. finally, if, I, if I'm alone, it's okay. I'm, I've learned to, I'll get back to, there's this song by this artist, Sophia Carson. And the lyrics goes, there was life before you, darling, and there will be life again. And I stand by that every day. Mm, yes. Thank you. Oh, I just want, I want you to come into my coaching program so I can have my way with you. Oh, yes. heal, heal, heal this place. Um, so everything we're seeking in the other, we need to give ourselves so that we're whole. We can still receive it from them, but we don't need it from them. Yeah. And when yeah. we need it from them, we end up pushing them away and creating our very worst case scenario. Like you did got abandoned on, on the Island. And so when we give ourselves the approval, the affection, the encouragement, the whatever it is that the little you inside is seeking, then you come to the situation whole. You can invite, you can give, you can receive, you can have harmony and balance in a relationship so that if worst case scenario happens, it sucks, but it's okay. It's that you have your own back. And that makes you very attractive for a different quality of person. When we come into a relationship needy or needing um, approval or don't leave me and don't abandon me, um, we we don't attract a high quality person. We attract someone that on some level, probably subconscious, knows, oh, I can manipulate this person. I can make them overgive until they're empty, right? And they don't mean to do it either. It's just sort of like two unconscious, subconscious wounds attracting one another to wake each other up. So the gift of this relationship was it woke you up to say, hey, I need to do some work in this abandonment issue so that I am more whole, not perfect, nobody's perfect, but like more whole in myself so I can attract someone that honors me, values me, because I do, who's there for me and listens to me, because I do, right? And then you listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to talk about your book because we're, we're nearing to the end, but I want to talk, okay. talk about your book. Mike. I cannot talk today. Um, finding the one is bullshit. Becoming the one is brilliant and beautiful. Tell me a little bit about that and why you wrote it. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about it for the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a, a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So basically when we come into a relationship empty, we need to find the one. And then I can, if you, if you have, this is a, a litmus test for people. If you're like feeling a certain way and then you finally get a text from somebody and you feel better, that's a sign that you needed the text to be the one, find the one, find the text, find the, the guy, find the date, find the relationship. Is she talking to me right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm really thinking the universe brought us together for more than just this podcast. Um, that's a sign that you're seeking your worth, your enoughness, your life force energy from the outside in. I have a PhD in this. I was so good at this. I grew up in an abusive environment and anything that I could do to be safe, I would give away to, 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 to be safe. So I understand this. It attracts people that use us. That's what it does. It doesn't attract people that honor us because we haven't slowed down to do the work to honor us, which is to heal that void, that empty, that hunger, that ache, that yearning inside of us. We have to have that inner loop first 
Have you ever seen that like infinity symbol, right? Yeah. Right. So we want to be whole in our side of that infinity symbol. We don't want to be like 2% seeking 98% on the outside. We want to be a full hundred and hundred coming together in that beautiful infinity symbol. That's healthy. And it took me two marriages to learn that. So I'm older than you, Bo, so you don't have to wait that long. You can do the inner work so that you have that sense of wholeness and deliciousness and badassness and yumminess and all the things in yourself. And then from there, no longer seek to find the one. But the sec- the subtitle of the book, Finding the One is Bullshit, Becoming the One is Brilliant and Beautiful. Truly becoming your best self is fun, yeah. confident for no reason, happy for no reason, and super sexy because you walk into a room not caring if anybody's looking at you, not caring what happens. You're just there to have fun. And that's very sexy. It's like a vortex for healthy people. I love that. I'm going to, I need to order it soon. I need to read that. I need to, because I need it on my shelf today. Um, So we got fan questions. And so I'm going to read just a few. Um, So one of them, Alana, being a bisexual woman, what do you think women want out there? Because I'm over the idea of men at the moment. Got it. Um, I think we all want to belong. I think we all want to be seen. I think we all want to connect. I think we all want somebody kind. Um, I think we want someone who has a healthy sense of sexuality to enjoy pleasure. I think we want someone that has our back, um, who's interested in diving deep. I think in the world with so many challenges and intensities, we want someone who in the face of anything can keep their heart open and not close it down when things get hard. And so all of those capacities, if we don't have them, it's just science. We can't attract them. And so to cultivate all of those within yourself and then welcome those within a partnership, be be it a a he or a she, um, we're really looking for the soul. We're looking for the soul match. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Um, For the next one we have, so my husband and I of five years are struggling in the intimacy department. The dates are great. The romance is there. But when it comes to us getting intimate, it could be a hit or a miss. What do you think I could do? Mm, Slow things down. Um, I would encourage, I have what I give some of my clients that 21 days of intimacy. And when they have, or sort of like, it's not working. And we start off with the first night, all you do is a kiss and you can only kiss on the lips and that's it. There's rules. The next day you um, maybe just go for a walk holding hands. That's it. And you just talk and you win at that. You you succeed at that. And the third day might be um, one person gives the other a massage and learns how to receive. And that's it. That's the end of that. That's the end of it. And the next you change and the other person receives uh, a massage And as you grow and over the 21 days, you start to speak up about what turns you on. And it's just a night of pleasure for, for the wife. And, and you can say, it makes me really happy when you not right. You don't get upset. You say, oh, I'm so grateful that you're touching my arm. What would turn me on even more is if you'd go 1000% slower, right? So you set your partner up to win. And then the next night would be the opposite, a night of pleasure just for him. And he gets to ask what works for him. And as you go on, you can bring in oral sex. You can bring in um, um, erotic materials or or any adult videos that you'd like to to bring in. And it could just be one night you just spoon 
That's it. You just spoon and there's no sex and you just know it's safe to just hold each other. So every single night is different. And what you'll find is by making it shorter, what your assignment is and winning at it, you start to see sex as something positive and you start to have the courage to speak up and ask for what you want. And within the three week period of time, generally they're not following my assignments anymore and they're having a lot more fun Um, and there's freedom again, but there's something about letting go of the pressure and slowing things down, slowing things down and speaking from your heart that solve a lot of problems around intimacy. I love that. I know, especially like the spooning. I just love the idea of just being there, just holding each other, just not having just just there and just being in their embrace and their physical. Like I just love the idea of that. And I've, I've always wanted that. But anyways, um, <laughs> we'll get you there, Bo. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, so for the last one, like it's like a good wrap up. Uh, a person wants to know what can I do to find a man and not resort to dating apps? Oh, you can join heartmates.app. That's what you can do. Yeah. Um, I have developed the world's first partnering app. Why? Because finding the one is bullshit. So what, what we do is there's my online digital training. So everybody in the program is there to grow. So when things get tough, you don't get ghosted. You've got people who have balls or ovaries or whatever that, you know, we're going to be in this together. Two, we have these live conscious connection calls where we do the dyads that Bo and I um, briefly um, gave examples of, where you learn to practice communicating and being heard. That is a skill you're going to need dating. And then third, the dating portion of our partnering app will be launching in Q1 of next year. But that's okay, because we're not here to find the one. We're here to become the one to find the one which keeps the one. So I would say get into this community, become your best self, get to know people. People have met in the community on the conscious connection calls. So um, it does happen. Um, but it's it, you're meeting as friends. You're meeting through vulnerability. You're meeting through meaningful conversations. You're not meeting through just swipe, 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 swipe on a, on a dating site where they're really just interested in your pictures. They're not interested in your soul. We are. So that's what I would say. Come to heartmates.app, join. I'm actually going to be leading the Conscious Connection calls over the holidays, giving my facilitators a break um, for the holidays. Um, Normally my facilitators um, lead them, but I do all of the digital training, et cetera. And really make this, you know, if you want to attract your best partner, you've got to be your best self. If you really want to find the one, you need to become the one first. And you'll find that you'll just be a vortex at the grocery store, at the gym, wherever you are. You'll just have a little extra sexy spring in your step and a lot more confidence and more discernment to really choose a partner that honors and values you. Chills. I love that. I'm definitely going to download this right after this call. So. <laughs> But Alana, I've had such a ball. I could keep thinking your brain all day long. But before I let you go, uh, plug your socials where everyone can find you. Keep in contact. Thank you. Yeah. So my name, Alana Pratt, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T. That's my handle. Um, that's Instagram. That is uh, YouTube. And um, I have a podcast, Intimate Conversations, as well. Um, And I really encourage you all, if you're interested in really doing the work to create a sustainable conscious relationship, go to heartmates.app and sign up now and uh, join us, start doing the work. And then in the beginning of the year, we'll be having the dating app relaunched um, so you can begin meeting people. And thanks for letting me love you. I'm a founder who cares, who's real, who does the work too. So um, together we're better. Thank you. 
We'll definitely keep in contact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, my loves, for so much for tuning in for this week's episode of Doing It Best with the Rest podcast. I love you all so much, and I'll catch you next week.